This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, this is Anwar Mabob and you are listening to The Breakfast Grill. On The Breakfast Grill today, we have Anthony Raja Devadas as Managing Director and Senior Client Partner for Corn Ferry Malaysia. Thank you for being on The Breakfast Grill, Anthony. Hi Anwar and uh, thank you BFM uh, for inviting Corn Ferry for this session. How does the job market expect it to look like in 2024? As exciting as it seems the new year is coming through, there's also a kind of positive caution approach for people from an employee perspective to look at opportunities out there. It's exciting times because it's new digital age, which is integrating with their functional experience and expertise, right? So as you're looking at new opportunities, there are certain industries which are growing and certain industries are slowing down. So if you are in a particular role, And it is an established industry. And if it is growing well, for example, if it is in the energy sector, if it is in the healthcare sector, if it is in the FMCG sector, if it is in the manufacturing-based sector, you need to look at uh, the growth within the organization, right? Well, some companies are expecting a recession in 2024. Where do you expect retrenchments to happen? I would look at layoffs. Uh, if you if you look at the last 12 months, there's been significant changes in certain industries, right? And uh, it's probably the post-pandemic uh, impact. But as we move forward, the new digital age, automation, and tech is going to help organizations become more automated, more efficient. So which means those who are in the field of those roles that they are taking or those job profiles that they are in, they will continue to stay in and be in demand, right? Now, the evergreen are sales functions, engineering functions will be in demand, and which means not only to attract, but also to retain, right? Industry and the segments. These are two things you got to keep in mind. But as you look forward, I think having your functional experience coupled up with your AI skills, you're going to have more attraction in terms of new roles out there. Let's move on to salaries. Are salaries in Malaysia on par with the rest of the region? Is the output commensurate with the pay? And also, importantly, what percentage can people benchmark? So if you look at Malaysia as a, a, a wide focus on service sector and manufacturing sectors, right? And these two sectors are very strong. Malaysia contributing to significant portion of the GDP. Um, and if you, if you look at the salary increase in 2022, Uh, based on the survey which we have done across 477 companies in Malaysia, clearly states that there is going to be a trend which is going to be consistent with last year as well. So in 2022, the increase was about 4.8%. In 2023, the increase was about 5%. And we are expecting the forecast for 2024 to be at 5% as well in terms of uh, salary increases. Yeah. Now, there's data which supports that, right? So why are we looking at that? So Generally, if you see the GDP growth rate across countries, Malaysia is on a consistent growth rate. Of course, in a challenging economic environment, we still continue to have investments coming in with the recent announcements, which also means that there is a positive impact for investments. In terms of uh, the question which you asked, comparatively to other markets, right? Let me give you an analogy, right? Now, if you look at entry-level professionals, let's say we call it in Conferry at level 12, and we compare it with the director level, which is about level 20. So between countries, 
at the entry level, you're talking about Thailand, Vietnam, Philippines, and Indonesia uh, being more attractive, right? Where the salary bands are lower. So at the entry level, yeah, as compared to Malaysia. And I'm just giving you a, a bucket of countries, right? Of course, if you compare the rest of the uh, Asia-Pacific, they are on a higher end. But if you compare to the level 20, very interesting to see Malaysian pay disparity uh, as compared to other countries is lower, which means other countries are much, much higher for the, 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 the level 20 or the director level and above. So on one end at the entry level, there is a chance that companies may look at other countries as compared to Malaysia. But if you look at the director and level 20 and above, there's chances of mid and senior management being a more attractive destination for them to hire from or in Malaysia. Since we touched on wages, well, Singapore has been an attractive option for Malaysians due to exchange rate and better career growth prospects. How does Corn Ferry address this talent leakage? All right. So we call it talent mobility. And talent mobility is motivated by a couple of reasons. And definitely compensation is one of them. Uh, career progression is another one. And also due to family reasons, right? So these are and the same reasons if you look at inversion. If they are coming back, family comes on top of the list. Generally, that is what we are hearing. And of course, career progression, compensation needs to be attractive enough. So between the two... Um, I would draw a, a linkage, for, for example, Shenzhen and Hong Kong, like Johor and Singapore. And you would see this uh, transitory workforce, about 300,000 300, or so, uh, moving between Johor and Singapore and vice versa. And they could be hospitality industry, technical industry, and so on. Now, the idea is if the current growth rate, if you see an investment happening in Johor, I'm just giving you an example. If that continues to be attractive, then the chances of these numbers can be lower. If you look at the currency exchange, it's much more advantageous. But if you look at cost of living, it becomes disadvantageous. Now, from your observations, is there a generational gap between the workforce of 20 years ago versus the new graduates coming to the workforce today? And are they less committed and exercising what you quoted in the article as quiet quitting? So quiet quitting is about disengagement, uh, the engagement levels, the culture of the organization. So which means they are plateauing, right? And they continue to float through the journey. And if organizations need to focus on productivity and growth, it's important for them to look at the culture and drive stronger engagement. That starts with the leadership and goes through the organization and ensures better results to the bottom line. Is there strong internal communications among Malaysian companies since you raised about uh, quiet quitting as well? Yes. So companies are aware that at different stages of the career life cycle of an individual, there are stages of ensuring that you are motivating that individual and keeping that motivation. So if you cascade it from the board level to the senior management level through the organization, the people leaders play an important role in engaging with the teams. So the stronger the engagement, the stronger productivity and retention, right? And for which communication and culture needs to be aligned through the organization. So encouraging career progression, encouraging diversity, inclusivity, and encouraging uh, learning and uh, uh, you know agility is going to be important. And one of the things we notice very clearly is L&D, learning and development, is a pivotal factor for individuals or employees to continue to stay in an organization. 
Now, we're moving to the digital space. Malaysia is going to uh, building digital warehouses into the AI sector and exploring the data center business and AI. Is there a talent shortage? And how do you suggest we fill that gap? Is hiring from overseas an option? Okay, good point. Now, if you look at pre-pandemic, during pandemic and post-pandemic, there is an accelerated need for organizations to look at the organization structure. So, for example, 24% of organizations are considering a change to the headcount as well as to the structure. Now, at the same time, we're also looking at remote working, so which means empowering people to have a different style of working. And then uh, to answer your question in terms of the new emerging jobs, and particularly there are a high demand for business services, global business services functions, data center functions, and, and as well as 5G, right? So all these are interrelated. And how they, they play the backbone of the rest of the industries in Malaysia in terms of support and services means there's going to be a huge demand for workforce. For example, all the three areas which I sh- uh, shared with you require a significant number of talent. So either we are looking at developing from within the organization or we are looking at working with academia, industry academia collaboration with, with industry associations to accelerate the professional learning to address this gap. Can we address all of this gap? No. And that also means that we need to look at an augmented approach where we can consider transitory talent or global talent and uh, digital nomads, they call it, where we can attract uh, talent from other countries who can come in, work, do a knowledge transfer over a period of time, and then move on. Since we're touching on technology, we have a lot of Malaysian technical talent overseas. Now, do you find it easy to hire Malaysians from overseas, asking them to come back? You know, how does Talent Corp also assist you to facilitate that return? All right. So Conferry and uh, uh, Talent Corp has had several conversations in looking at attracting uh, the Malaysian diaspora worldwide. Um, And it's more than a million, uh, the diaspora around the world. The motivating factors are very unique for them. Uh, Of course, career is key, but family is more important. So when you're able to balance these two factors, then the chances of this magical combination coming into play is going to be important. There are leaders at the leadership level looking at uh, coming back to Malaysia because the children are growing and they want to settle down here back. Or they have aging parents, they want to come back and support the the aging parents, right? And at the same time, they want to look at the balance in terms of what type of role which, which, which will allow them to come into market. But we need to advise them that they need to look at what is market. What is the market rate as compared to where they are coming from? So, for example, if they're in Singapore, if they're looking at Australia, there is a labor cost arbitrage which is going to come into play. If they're looking at other countries where there is a better chance of attraction and Talent Corp allows some of these in the form of benefits that they're giving to returning experts. On the Breakfast Grill today, we have Anthony Raja Devadas, Managing Director and Senior Client Partner, Malaysia for Corn Ferry, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9. On the Breakfast Grill today, we have Anthony Raja Devadas, Managing Director, Senior Client Partner, Malaysia for Corn Ferry. Before the break, we address how Corn Ferry addresses a shrinking technical workforce as Malaysia wishes to grow its digital industry. Now, Anthony, how does Corn Ferry earn its fees? Why is the quantum payment once you have successfully secured a hire and the candidate walks into the office? Right. So, Anwar, um, 
if you look at Conferry's business, right, we have uh, five key areas of business, right? We look at organizational strategy, where we work with the boards and uh, leadership of organizations. We look at assessment and succession planning. We look at talent acquisition. I think that's where you're addressing. We look at leadership and professional development and also looking at total rewards. Now, um, each of these, uh, what we call as business segment or core capabilities, allows us to have a structured fee model with clients, right? And it is like a trade secret, but uh, nevertheless, at each one of them are catered to the different uh, services that we provide, and we work with them based on those. Now, you mentioned about leadership development. How do Malaysian companies ensure that the right leader gets promoted? Okay, right. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, in fact, uh, Conferry just recently released a report. Uh, it's called the Potential Code. And let me just share with you a couple of things that helps kind of uh, allow us to address this response that you have. And in, in the Potential Code, what we are looking at is not just looking at perform, performing talent. We are also looking at keep an eye on the potential talent that you have within the organization. And why I say that is because as talent develops their skills and as they develop an experience of working within the organization, they are also building their capability to be able to drive the growth, right? So being a fast enterprise, you need a growth engine and you need a sustainable engine that needs to develop this, right? And what that means today. Basically, um, we call it the power of six. And what does that mean? I'll break it down. If From an organization perspective, if the organization has a clear purpose, defined and communicated, as we were speaking earlier, leaders who share an inspiring vision, not the toxic culture, um, a culture that encourages team to work together and thrive, motivation to help individuals to be able to self-motivate themselves as well as work within their organization, and also alignment. And this is key because all of this comes together as the power of six. What does this mean to companies? Now, I, I must also warn you that there are blockers to some of these things, right? As we are looking at talent, and the blockers are like lack of opportunity. So if you're not giving them the opportunity to progress, they're going to look at... People walk out. That's they correct. They fall through the gaps. Exactly. They fall through the gaps, and that's when your quiet quitting starts. So you need to be alert to this. And the second one is when you have knowledge or learning that gets lost in the process. So you need to have a knowledge management. So you give a continuity to people who come in and take on that next responsibility. That's where the potential comes into play. So not only the performance, but the potential is also coming into play. That also means you need a strong HR to actually analyze the talent pool. HR is today more business than just managing, administrating the processes related to people. And leaders are also equally responsible to be able to engage inspire, and provide learning for individuals. And that comes to the next point where the alignment comes in. So from the board, from the management, for the rest of the organization, the alignment should be seamless. And when you see this seamless linkage happens, you have a greater growth and results. For example, where you see a strong alignment, you're going to be seeing as much as 30% added to your bottom line. The last and very important point, or what I call as derailer, is a toxic leadership. And what do you mean by toxic leadership? If the focus is purely bottom line, we are not looking at the talent, the well-being of the individual, the sustainability of the organization and the society. And also, if you're not looking at the family, right, 
of that individual as part of their development, right? That's when you start looking at people, exodus, the big quit. But what's the most common sweetener? Money? What if the company offers you like, okay, why don't you stay? I haven't looked at you before this, but here's more money. Yeah, money can buy and bring you in, but not allow you to stay. How has the recruitment business evolved in the digital age? Is having many consultants still relevant to reach out to candidates? Right. So let me share with you, like, for, for example, it's evolving, definitely, the, 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 the model of acquiring talent, uh, engaging talent, uh, the human touch, and the AI factors coming in. So human intelligence and artificial intelligence are coming together faster than ever, right? So wherever you're looking at automation, AI is coming in to complement and harmonize with the human factor. But when we look at the workforce, right? So for example, in Conferry, we have um, digital talent, which caters to the services. We have executive search talent. We have professional services uh, talent. We have the RPO talent. Each one of them come with an expertise to be able to bring this together, right? And all of this scale, to answer your question, requires us to have the human touch, human connection, and we augment it with AI as part of the process to be able to integrate both. The idea is harmony rather than silos. No, because we see like other companies like Job Street, LinkedIn, eFinancial Careers, they're very visible, but we don't see Conferry in the market. Why is that? Okay. So Conferry undertakes engagement at a different level of organization, at the senior and the top management. And all of these exercises are done confidentially, right? So when you undertake these exercises, you don't want anybody to know that you're being hired for a CEO role or a board role right? You want to keep that private. So there's kind of a mutual trust established. And that is a pact, confidentiality pact, which allows you to undertake this process. So while we say that there are those levels of engagements on a confidential manner, there are also areas where Conferry advertises and promotes, uh, you know, in terms of attracting talent, as well as our services. So it's kind of a fine balance between the yin and the yang. How do you see AI when it comes to doing a human's job? Is our position being taken over by computers eventually? It's a myth, but I'm not going to rule out it if did, it's going to change. AI doesn't take emergency leave, doesn't go on long coffee breaks, smoking breaks. You know? <laughs> Will that technology eat up your revenue base because people are going to automate more? That means you require less people to do jobs. Okay. So there will be areas which will have uh, AI taking up some of these functions and activities. I would call it activities. Yeah? When I alluded to the point on the harmony, it's about how do you wor work and engage AI toolkit uh, or the entire stack to be able to work with you to be able to support your clients or your candidates. Right? You need to bring that together. That harmonizing process is going to be important. Now, will it replace? Uh, we would project that any redundant roles, I mean, activities that can be repeatable, right, and can be processed, for example, the chatbots and so on. Now you pick up a phone for the first set of voice bots answering you, right? It's always much better to have someone on the other end. Yeah, it is nice to have, but it's the, when the fr frustration comes in, when you ask a question where it can't think for itself, and then it's going to be going through the sequence, you get frustrated, right? So that's why you need to harmonize that at some point, you need to have the balance of the human intelligence coming in to be, be able to advise and support the AI, AI process as well. So this linkage is going to be important. 
What percentage of your business have you seen being eaten up by AI? All right. So we don't have a precise percentage, but I would say that it is creeping into capturing some of those areas which where we see traditional uh, back-end work, transactional work. It's slowly being taken up by a, the AI functions. But I think more importantly, it's also about creating the value to the services that you're providing to the customers as well as to the candidates in terms of how you're able to respond to them effectively on a faster manner. Like what you said earlier, they work around the clock, right? But you still need the human in input to be able to make sure that they're able to get the message across correctly. What advice will you give someone who is looking for this job? Right. Um, I think the key is um, work on building your knowledge digital stack, number one. Continue to strengthen your core function, your capabilities. That is more of your experience is what I would say. Build on um, your network, right, as you're looking into, because network is net worth, right? So you need to be able to build on that continuously. Be focused on not just your work, but also in terms of the industry, right? How are you able to connect to the industry and to the society? So as much as I would say IQ is key, EQ, emotional quotient, and I will also add another one, SQ, huh? not Singapore Airlines, huh? uh, social quotient. So you need to bridge all of this together to be able to become a well-rounded person who is in demand. And the linkage between all of this is what I would call as learning agility. Importantly, what's the extra jump, percentage jump that you probably ask a talent to look for when you want to look for another job? Is it still 30%? <laughs> okay. So if you look at what has happened in the last uh, uh, 12 months, right, there's 24% of the entire market was promoted, which means you have a quarter of your workforce, right, moving, progressing. It's a fairly good you know, growth. And if you look at how many of them are one step, promotion is 13%. And how many of them went to two-step promotion in the same period, uh, which is 16%. So which means if you are able to learn learning agility, if you're able to contribute effectively to the roles that you are part of, and to be able to ensure that you're progressing the organization in your function as a people leader, you're going to see this growth. But coming back to your question, you know the trend I've already indicated in terms of salary increases, and it's also about person to holder. I call it person to holder means when organizations uh, do an annual revision of salaries. They also look at promotions. They look at merit increases. They have to capture all of this as part of the individual's recognition. On that note, thank you for your time. Today on the Breakfast Grill was Con Ferris, Anthony Raja Devadas, Managing Director, Senior Client Partner for Malaysia. I am Anwar Mabab, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.